Check, check. Welcome back to another episode of the Talking Points podcast presented by The Smoking Section. I'm your host, Raj Anand, and today we have another very special guest. He is part of the internet under the Odd Future Collective, and he's a singer who's kind of now branching out onto, on the own on his own solo tip and uh, making a name for himself. Make some noise for Tay Walker. <laughs> How's it going, man? What's up, man? Chilling, dog. It's good to be here. We're we're outside Temecula and the desert. In the it, desert, it's yes. hot outside. <laughs> and we're inside though, so it's cool. Yeah, we we good, we good. Yeah. Nowhere land. <laughs> yeah, man. How's it going? I'm good, bro. I'm good, dude. Just grinding it out, dog. Every day. Um, every day brings me something new. So I'm just trying to share it with the world. You know? I feel it. Yeah, I man. feel it. You know, it's crazy. This guy lives like an hour and a half away from LA and I met him in LA and he goes, yeah, I make the hour and a half trip every time I got to come out there. Got to. It's wild. It's- got to, man. Because I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's Menifee, California, you know, where I live. Like, there is no no doing music out here you know that's where it's at you know that's that's where the bread and butter is so i'm out there every single week and then when i'm not out there i'm out here trying to get this money man so i feel it yeah i feel it um i guess the first thing we got we do have an album coming out yes it's I do. called 25 hours a day mm-hmm you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, it's uh gonna be my first album ever, so it's very very big to me. Um, it's it's been a long time coming, dude. I've been working on this album for a few years, longer than the average person works on an album. But yeah, you know, it's just been so much going on, and I've just learned so much in these past few years. That you know, I feel like it's a, it's time to finally show the world what I've been working on, man. Yeah, I'm I'm just ready to kind of shock the people, I guess. I feel know? it. What's the what's what you mentioned that it was a it was a long time that it took. What what was, I mean, what what how what was your approach to it? Did you have it like done once and then you kind of started making changes and man. got versions of it? How how did that work? As an artist, and I'm pretty sure a lot of other artists can kind of relate to this. You always have a certain vision in your head like of what you want your album to look like and sound like and you know the message that you wanted to relate to the people and as you go along you come up with different songs and you go through different emotions different seasons different times in your life and your head kind of changes and you ha- you low key have to you know kind of remove uh a few a few pieces of the puzzle to add some new pieces. So right. it's just been a very complex, um, you know, very complex situation that I've been going through, and I'm finally at the point now that I'm I'm just settled on everything on the album. I'm happy at where I'm at with it. Um, I like how it sounds. I like the people that are around me helping me, you know, make this album come come true. So. I mean, now feels like the perfect time to just drop it. So, and I'm I'm doing this with no label. This is not, you know, most people would say it's it's unprofessional, but I say this is all music straight from the heart, and people right. are going to be able to see that and relate to that. So, 
I don't think I need Sony or, you know, Interscope or any of these big cats to show the people, you know, how passionate I am about this R&B and, and what I plan to do with it. Yeah. So. I feel it. You mentioned you mentioned that you had some complex situations. Oh, yeah. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, man. I mean, it's just, it's a lot of stuff that goes on at when you're an artist because, you know, I'm a producer as well. I'm a songwriter. Um, I'm a piano player, obviously. I went on tour with the internet like six times. We did, you know, London. We did the West Coast. We did the East Coast. We, you know, we've just done a lot of stuff. I went on tour with Mac Miller. Um, we did like two months on tour with him, playing two shows a night. Like just a lot of ups and downs, um, a lot of blessings. And then, of course, there's a lot of hard times that come with that, you know. Um, and recently, me and me and Sid, Sid is like, you know, she's the least on the internet, obviously. She's um, she's been my best friend for so long since we were kids, and you know, we finally sat down and had a conversation, and she, you know, she pretty much told me like, yo, you're not a backup keyboardist, you know, you're not you're, you're not supposed to be in the background. You're supposed to be up in the forefront. You're supposed to be performing. Um, so in turn, I was kind of released from, you know, the touring aspect of, of the group to mm -hmm. kind of work on and do my own thing. And at first it, it kind of, you know, hurt me a little bit because these are my friends. These are my best friends that I, I've done amazing things with. So, um, for me to kind of be let go. And and it was kind of a mutual thing too, because I kind of mm -hmm. understood where she was where she was coming from, and I kind of agree. You know, I I do need to be able to do my own thing. Right. So that was kind of hard to deal with, but now I'm in the studio with her all the time, um, and we're working on her third album. Um, okay. And I'm done with my my first album, and I'm gonna be going on tour with them. Um, as the opener now, instead of just the keyboardist, so it's just oh, a whole okay. nother chapter. You yeah, know what yeah. I'm saying? Um, and yeah, man, I mean, it's so much, so much stuff, bro. Like that just goes down. Um, you know, I've I've been going through a lot of stuff in the past couple of weeks. You oh know, yeah, just just off top, man. Like I've I've lost a few family members. I've just lost my dog. You know, um, I lost my car, you know what I'm saying, with, with, a, with a car accident. Uh, I lost, you know, a lot of stuff, but I keep my head up and I look towards the future, you know. Yeah, but you, you know what's crazy is all these, these kinds of times where they really test you as a person. They, when you get through them, like you change a little bit and you, you keep that kind of chip on your shoulder, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, and I think it shows in all walks of life that you've kind of gone through these things. And I mean, even your music, like it's going to show, mm -hmm. you know, it'll, it'll change it. And these kinds of things really, I feel like they drive creativity. Yeah, definitely. definitely. You know, it sucks. It's terrible when you're, when you're kind of going through them. Yeah. And it's just, it's one of those things where you just got to get through it. But, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like it makes you a bigger, better person. Most definitely. I you mean, know? I've gone through so much in the past couple months that, you know, it kind of makes me realize that I can handle anything. Yeah, you know, and you I, know really I, feel, I feel I really feel like I'm not I'm not really a religious person, but I feel like God doesn't throw at you more than you can handle. That's my mom's favorite quote. You know, and she says that every single day. Like, 
hey, you know, it's hard right now, but you can handle it, obviously, because it's happening. Yeah, exactly. You, know? you have no choice. You got to handle it. Yeah, it's like, you. what you going to do, just yeah. die? You know, exactly. like, no, I'm going to stay alive and I'm going to get through this. So that's yeah. that's basically what it is right now. Yeah. So shout out to moms for, you know, the words of support. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it, man. That's crazy. Yeah, man. Like, uh, I mean, it's why I can't even imagine, like, lo- even just losing a dog, man. Like, oh, I man, just bro. got a dog, like, not even a year ago, and it's like... I'm so attached to her, and it, is this would this be your first dog? Yeah, my, ever, ever. Wow, that's crazy, bro. I've, I've, I can't even explain to you, man. Like it's, it's really like having a kid, man. Yeah. Like I, I come home every day. Everybody sleep, except my dog. She's just up there looking through the, yeah, through the through the stairway, just looking at me, and I'm just like, what's up? What you doing up? You know, like every single night. Yeah. Um, and she was 10 years old. Her name was Diamond. Mm-hmm. She was a lab slash German Shepherd. And she was just the, the best thing that ever happened to to me as as a companion. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. And just to lose her, it really does kind of suck, man. I can't even sleep at night sometimes because she used to sleep on my bed, sleep right next to me. And um, it's just weird now, man. I, like, I'll I be feeling like she's still in there with me when I'm asleep and I just can't even yeah, handle I mean- it. It's crazy because I got mine. Cause I, when I'm when I moved out here, I, I was my girl lives in San Diego. I live in L.A. and she got a roommate and stuff. But I'm I live solo and I got lonely after a while. You mm-hmm. know, like I'd be at work, I'll come back home and there's nobody there. I'm like, yeah. oh, what am I doing? Yeah. So I mean, my routine it just kind of became like, oh, I'm going to work, coming home, sleeping, waiting for the next day, and right. lather, rinse, repeat. And I just got tired. It wasn't healthy, man. <laughs> yeah. Like. Yeah, man. And then I was like, you know, I just think I think maybe we should get a dog because my my work is. Uh, dog friendly too. Yeah, and so I could bring her to work with me if I want to and stuff. That's so it's, it's cool. Yeah, and uh, I was like, yeah, let me let me look at this. And so um, we started looking at rescues and stuff. And we, uh, I mean, we found we got mine's a I think a lab beagle mix. A lab beagle. Yeah, that's dope. Mine's was a lab German Shepherd. So. Yeah, so she's not that big. She's like forty five pounds, and she's like she's that's like dope. A couple feet off the ground, but she got that thick ass lab body. You know. Yeah, that's dope. And That's it's crazy because it's like she was abused and stuff. They found her in East LA, like on the Man. streets. How old is she? She's like, I think she's gonna be three now. Three years old. Yeah, she's wow. about three years old. That's crazy. And we got her about a year ago. And so, uh, like, it's just it's crazy because how much you see her change. Yeah. Like, she would, it, the thing with her is she's different from most dogs because she doesn't like bond with somebody instantly. It takes her some time. Yeah, you gotta like, yeah, get to know them, get to know they scent, you know, yeah, like all of that. Their yeah. little uh, habits and mm-hmm. quirks and stuff, you know. Yep. And it's like I feel like looking back, we got her, we got her in May, and uh, looking back, she's a completely different dog now. Man, you know, and it's it. like I can't imagine my life without her. Like right. I get out so much more. Like, like I walk her like 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 two three hours a day. We're just yeah. out hiking, walking. Like I live by running. Yeah, so we do that yeah. thing. We do that. We do running every single day. And it's that's just so dope. much fun taking dog park and that's like that's that's your kid, man. It's that's, crazy. And and you'll realize like as time goes on, I mean, this is just from a you know, my my perspective, like dogs, it's just so crazy how loyal and loving they man. can be, even when you're mad at them, even when the world is is, you know, a shitty place, even when you don't want to see no human beings. At all, but you can see your dog and just lay down on the floor and just let her lick you in the face. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's just like wow, this is this it's a is whole dope. different kind of bond. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's it's crazy. It's just like, like, 
I have never felt lonely for a single day yep. since I got her. That's dope, man. You know, and she lives with me, and it's like, it's like I do everything around kind of her schedule now. It's like I want to be <laughs> home, <laughs> home with her. I don't want her to be alone too much. You yeah. know, it's like, I don't know. It's just so much fun. That's dope, man. You, you know? Congrats, bro. Congrats Appreciate to your that. new I don't know, new, new family member. New family member. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, like, it's cool. I feel like it's changed me as a person, too. Like, I feel like I got... I got a responsibility. I got yeah. someone I got to take care of. It's a cool <laughs> feeling. It's, to me, I look at it like parenting classes, you know, because yeah. I don't have no kids yet. Uh, I don't plan on having no kids for, you know, at least until I can say I'm, you know, settled in. And I yeah. can't say that right now. Same here. No, same but, here. you know, I, when I do get a kid, I'm kind of going to have a little bit of knowledge as to what I need to do with this kid because... You got to feed it every, every morning. <laughs> yeah, you got to feed it. You got to take your kid for a walk. You got to... You know, you got... Well, take maybe the not. the kid to the dog park. <laughs> yeah, you know, let them play with the other dogs or babies or whatever, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like I got a little experience with Diamond and she, she was like the best teacher, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. And they're yeah. so understanding and they're so loving. Like, it's just... Dogs are awesome. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's wild. Well, take care of her, man, because I tried to take care of my dog, but she had she had like a little um tumor on her oh, really? on her stomach, yeah, something like that. And it spread up to her chest and um it was just too late. And yeah. She passed away in the in the vet, you yeah. know. So it was sad, but she played a part in my life. And oh, so of I I'm, I'm always appreciate her and remember, you know. Yeah. And now I'm looking for, I'm kind of looking for a new dog, but every time I think of, every time I have a thought of looking for a new dog, it just kind of hurts because I don't want to... Be like a re replacing? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And it's like, I know that dog has no choice. Like, it's just going to be there to be loved, but exactly. I'm going to have a little bit of resentment that because this, it's yeah. like, you're trying to replace my dog, but you know, they don't know no better, so... <laughs> <laughs> they just want to be loved, man. Right, right. My right. girl wants to get another one. I was like, yo... He's like, hold easy, on, easy, hold on, relax. Easy, easy. <laughs> Maybe eventually. Yeah. It's cool. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, it's just so much. So it changed, completely changed my life, you know? Yeah, like, man. That's dope. That's crazy. Cool. That's your first dog, man. Yeah. My, my, my parents were never really into it. And like, mm -hmm. and like, I think my mom wanted one, but she didn't want to be the only one taking care of it. Right. You know, because I mean, it is, I mean, like I said, I live alone and I mean, I'm pretty much five days out the week, she's with me and it is tough to take care of a dog yeah. solo. Yeah, it you is. You know, like. Like on the weekends, I'm with my girl, and she helps me out, and it's a lot easier mm -hmm. to have two people. Like, oh yeah, you know, I I don't got time for a walk today. Can you take her? And it's like, or she feeds her, or she takes her out to go to the bathroom and stuff. So it's a lot of support, right? You know, and it's like doing it alone is tough. Yeah. So I get where my mom was coming from, and now my brother is trying to convince her to get one now. Ah, uh, snap! Because now, because now both her kids are out the house and stuff, and yep. so it's a quieter <laughs> house. Yep, yep. And if you need my, that. if my brother isn't peeing on the floor, we need somebody to come do it. Right? <laughs> right, we need this pee on the floor <laughs> by something. So yeah, yeah, that's tight. Yeah, so we're trying to convince her to get like a Shih Tzu or something, something small. Yeah, that's a mom dog. Yeah, a Shih Tzu. Definitely yeah, because because my mom's mom, my grandma has a Shih Tzu. Okay. And she, I mean, she's had it for like seven years now, and it's Dope. like companion number one. Yeah. Those you know, things are geniuses, by the way. Like they, they damn near understand English, like yeah, completely. I mean, I mean, low key, that was the reason why I got mine. Cause about, yeah, actually March of last year, right about now, I had gone to go see my grandparents, mm -hmm. and I was helping them take care of their dog for a few days, and it was just the coolest thing ever. Right. Cause basically, I mean, 
my my history with dogs. I, I used to love dogs when I was a kid. And then one of my neighbors had this annoying ass dog uh, that pretty much whenever I go to their house would bark at me from the time I'm outside to the time uh, I leave. <laughs> and it was, I didn't get why. It was, now it's like, now I get why. Yeah. Now I get all these things, right? Yeah. And it's like, it was protecting his territory and like, I'm, I'm, in, I'm like intruding Invading. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I get all that now. But like as a, as a 15, 16 year old, I didn't get that. It's like, yo, chill it's out. Like, exactly. Yo, chill, <laughs> chill the hell out, man. Just, here to have dinner, man. Don't yell at me no more. <laughs> Right? And so it just really turned me off. Yeah, yeah. And then I went to Texas last year to my grandparents, and it completely changed what I changed how I felt about it. And I was like, yo, this is what I need in my life. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, literally, it took a few months before we found the right one. Mm-hmm. But pretty much from like two weeks after that, we were looking. Mm-hmm. You know, we yeah. were looking. And I mean, it Dog, is what it is now. Dogs are, are definitely the best therapy, man. I agree. Like they can't talk back to you, but you. But can they kind of can. They can, <laughs> but they can't because all you know they listening, but at the same time they don't understand shit you saying, and it's just yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, they just looking at you like, hey, whatever you saying, you you gonna get through it, you yeah. know. Now pet my stomach, you know. What I'm saying? Exactly. It's kind of your bone, dog. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, man, that's that's kind of what's been going on lately, though. Yeah, man. I'm sorry to hear that. It's, I yeah. can't imagine. It's crazy, man. But. It's great. I mean, yeah. One 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 of the things we were talking about before we got the dog was, you know, we gotta we gotta have to understand that its lifespan is not a human lifespan. Right. Right. Because my to understand that going into it, you know, and mm-hmm. it's tough. Mm-hmm. It's it's it's. Tough. I mean, if I think about it, Diamond was seventy years old. Yeah. You know? She, she was like, life. yeah, she lived a pretty healthy life. Now, yeah. I mean. I wish she could have been like 114 or something like that. That would have been dope in dog years, yeah. but you know, didn't work out that way. So I'm a, I'm gonna see Diamond again. You know, yeah. she's not gone. Yeah, it's crazy, but, man. Yeah, man. But uh, I guess changing changing gears a little bit. Um, one of the, one of the cool things about you is you went to recording school. Yeah. You know, and like a lot. I mean. I mean, really, it's either 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 you you teach yourself, mm-hmm. or you kind of have a mentor, or you you kind of you go to school and you you professionally get get trained for it. Right. And I mean, I have a friend, an artist who I work with, who's who's also in recording school right now. And uh, I don't know. I, j- I just wanted I want to kind of hear your take on like what you got out of it, and uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, how I mean. How useful, how how much you're using what you learn and stuff. You know, I just kind of want to want to hear your take on it a little bit. Yeah, man. Um, it's ve- it's worth it. I'll say that. Like when I when I walked into LA Recording Studio or LA Recording School, I mean, it's just so overwhelming when you don't when you haven't been in that atmosphere. And I was kind of new to it all. Like I was new to recording and all the programs and just everything. I didn't really know what I was doing. And as soon as I got in there. Uh, it just kind of opened up my eyes, and I was like, "Wow, there's so much more to making music than what I thought," you know. Yeah. And so, I have. I mean, my homegirl said we've been friends for a long, long time, and um, she taught me pretty much the basics yeah. of how to, you know, record, how to make beats, uh, how to mix, do all of that. And so, I kind of knew what I was doing um, from the jump. But when I got into the school, it just kind of opened up my eyes like, damn, do I know, um, you know, about the frequencies and the frequency levels? And do I know about the different mixing boards? And do I know about all the different outboard gear and just 
everything, man. Like you start to learn little by little. And as you, I think it's cool to go to a school because you surround yourself with other passionate people who are basically trying to get the same exact thing. So um, that helped me. The only thing I would say is that shit is expensive, bro. It's expensive, man. (laughs) Like 30 racks. 30, oh, 30 racks, man. Shout out to LA Recording School, man. I'm, I'm going to be in debt to them for a little bit. Sally Mae <laughs> hit me up Mae. every day. Oh, my like, God. Like, where my money at? And I'm like, Shh, where my money at? You feel me? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> but I, I mean, it's going to all pay off. And I mixed and mastered pretty much my whole album. I had I had some help from my boy Drew, uh-huh. uh, Drew Piano. He helped, he helped mix, like, pretty much the whole album, too. But I recorded every single song. And mixed every single song good enough to where it was it sounded professional, you know. Yeah. Um, and that is one thing I could say I appreciate a lot from that school because I wouldn't I wouldn't have been able to do that without them sitting down and training me every single day and just showing me new new things. Yeah. But if I could give um, some advice to people who are thinking about going to school and you know they want to do the same exact thing. First, find that one person that you know who's really good at it and just ask them for a little bit of tips and, you know, some tricks. Have them teach you first. And then if, you know, eventually you might get so good without school that you don't have to go there. You know, you just, you're at home with your boy and he taught you pretty much everything that your teacher is going to teach you. So, yeah. And you don't have to pay him 30 racks. You just <laughs> buy him some beer or, you know. <laughs> Get, buy him some lunch, you know, and then you know that's way less than thirty thousand dollars. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, Depends unless on where he, you go. <laughs> unless he a fancy type of nigga, then you gotta you know do all sorts of other stuff. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, no, it's interesting because I mean, I mean, how does it work with you recording yourself? Are you like literally going back and forth from the booth to the board? Or nah, nah. How does how does that work? Um, I had well when I had my little setup at at my house, um. I'm gonna give y'all the the secrets of what I was working the with. Secret sauce. You know secret sauce. Uh, we we had went and got the TLM 103 Neumann. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we recording on, huh? No, that's not what we recording on. The mic? Yeah. What kind of mic is this? This right is here? MXL. MXL. Okay. Yeah. It kind of looks similar, but right. the the Neumann is a TLM 103. It's like a smaller uh, kind of mic. Is and it a condenser? Or? It is. It's okay. a condenser. Okay. Yeah. Um, and we we got the. Uh, Avalon um, compressor. Okay. And we pre- I had a Duet 2. Um, so we had some nice equipment. I mean, I had my two Neumann or my two uh, Yamaha HS80s. Um, and then I was using Logic and Reason and Pro Tools just faithfully every single day. And basically, I just had the mic set up right next to my chair. Gotcha. So I didn't have to get up multiple times. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and you know, there would be there would be nights where I would just fall asleep in the chair, like mid verse. You know, yeah, she yeah. was recording all night. But that's just <laughs> like up hard drive space. <laughs> yeah. You know, I had to wake up and like turn it off, like, oh snap. But um yeah, bro, that's that's basically how I learned how to do it is I was just in there every day, every night, just recording, yeah. writing, and you know, I had nobody there with me. It was just me by myself. Um, and I was just in my zone. Um, and it, you know, I think that's the best way to record if you are learning how to do it, 
just go in there by yourself and just figure it out. Yeah. Figure everything out. You just become a beast. Yeah. yeah, you become crazy. So, so do you do you do you feel like you're more in a creative space when you're alone or when you're kind of with people? Man, that's such a trick question because like I do like to have some company in the studio every now and then, um, just for that creative support. Yeah. You know, when when I when I come into a block, you know, a writer's block happens. It's good to have that one person like, hey, what if you did this and that? Or, you know, what I was thinking about this. Listen to this, yeah. you know, and that, and that really helps. But a lot of times it is better to just be in there by yourself because then you're just in there with your feelings and you're in there with your thoughts and no other human no beings influence. around. Yeah. yeah. And it's like when there's another person around, you almost have to give them a little bit of, you know, a, a, of attention or energy subliminally you not you don't even think you are giving them yeah, attention and the subconscious is a little bit of their influence right. on what you're doing right right no, totally so i mean when i'm in there by myself i can crack i can i can you know try to sing this note and crack super bad make it you know sound super crazy but then i just delete it and i do it over if i don't a have tree to be falls in the woods and no one's around to hear it then you're actually... not gonna hear that <laughs> shit so that's basically what it is man that's the theory yeah. um but, you know, I, I kind of like both, give and take. Um, it just depends, I guess. Yeah, it just yeah. kind of depends on what I'm feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, cause like, for me, I guess I'm a similar way. It's like when, I, when I'm writing something, it just, it, I, mean, just really, I mean, I think the first crack of kind of what I do, I have to do it alone and build a structure for it. Mm -hmm. And then kind of finessing and polishing it, I kind of like to get some other other eyes and ears on, yeah, on what I'm doing, you know, and then kind of give, give me the take. The only problem is, is when I'm around with a bunch of people, then we get distracted super easy. Yeah, that's you know? that's another thing too, because people distract, you know, without even trying to distract. It just you. happens. Yeah, a phone rings, you know, you got to tell somebody, hey, hey, come on, chill, like go outside with that. And or, you just kind of got out your zone. Yeah, yeah, now I'm I'm out of my zone. My creative juices have just drained out of my <laughs> body, and it's all your fault. You know what I'm saying? So that happens a lot too. We got to tell niggas to be quiet in the studio. Yeah, yeah. Man, that's so annoying. Like somebody will just be sitting there whispering, and I'm like, "This is annoying." TLM 103. It hears <laughs> every vibration. It's listening. It's listening. <laughs> like people, are, I've I've had tracks where like we recorded the whole thing, and then we listen back and we hear. Oh my god! I'm just like, bruh, that was you. Like <laughs> I could tell. I could tell. <laughs> so yeah, man. Um, it's it's kind of a. A give and take type of thing. Yeah. Know? Now the when when you when you were in school, uh, are there still people that were in your class that you're still in touch with? Yeah. Um, and what kind of stuff are they doing? A lot of people who go to Los Angeles Recording School, um, you got to realize they're in the heart of Hollywood. Yeah. So they're on Sunset and Vine, right there in front of all of these people. So the people who I go to school with could be engineers directly for you know drake or they could yeah. be like engineers for just these big people and you wouldn't even know it so i've met a few you know dope people at my school and then i met the other people who are just kind of starting out so it's a very diverse um okay. you know very diverse uh uh what, what what am i looking for what's that word range range there you <laughs> go. diverse range of people that go there. yeah so, yeah no yeah. i was just just curious i mean and then do they? I mean, do 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 they have like you kind of specialize in a certain area, or you kind of see the whole kind of broad scope of it? How does it kind of work? You you get people who like are passionate about music, and then you get people who are passionate about movies, 
And then you get people who are passionate about TV and okay. just all kind. It's all different types of recording that you can do. Right. So I kind of liked being around all different types. I mean, my teachers were like the real deal. They were like the people who mixed you know, the matrix, you know what I'm saying? And like, so like movie scores and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Movies like big movies. And then they come into class and they teach you how they did it. So it's really, really, wild. it's really good training. Like, you know, I got people who are, Oh yeah, I was just in the studio with Timberland yesterday. And, uh, you know, this is kind of what we did. Uh, this is, I'll show you guys a small little track of how, you know, I did this and that and this and that. I'm like, what? This is, <laughs> real life stuff you know yeah, yeah. so you'll hear not... this in like 10 months right right yeah, yeah. yeah i probably won't be working here anymore so just make sure you guys absorb <laughs> all be, of it i'll be on a private island <laughs> right exactly yeah. so you know um it was good learning though man i, I made some good connections up there yeah networking wise is yeah. good too okay that's cool man i'm just you know it was something that i was thinking about doing too yeah just because you know i mean i've been i mean I've been a huge fan of, of of the music and music industry in general, and it's like, I mean, the goal for me eventually is to is to break in in some role. I mean, right. I'm not really a person who who's gonna rap or produce anytime soon, but I feel like there's man, some... get in that booth, Raj. <laughs> Stop playing, man. You don't want to hear these bars, dog. <laughs> Let me hear them bars. Man. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It's it's like it's like so. It was something I was thinking about doing. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, eventually. I, I mean, I got to the point where I got a job, and I kind of took that over over going to going to recording school. Yeah. But it was something I was thinking about and considering. It just didn't really pan out for me. Right. But uh, I don't know. I just, it's just the problem with me and like like equipment and gear and kind of learning learning. I I had Logic on my computer and mm-hmm. like I got the little student version yep, when I was yep. in college. <laughs> that shit is huge, man. I got a book like it's like ten thousand yeah. pages, man. But uh, yeah. I mean, the problem with me is. I'll learn how to do, like, I, I had somebody who was kind of teaching me these things here and there, and the problem with me is that I'll learn one thing and do the same thing right. over and over and over right. and over again. Like, most recently, I got into, like, Adobe Lightroom and photo editing, right? Got you. And my, my, my friend taught me how to, like, kind of fade the rest of the image to black and then just focus on, like, the subject. Yeah, and now I have like fifty pictures that right, just all like have that. Yeah, same thing. Exactly. And then it's like, all right, well, now what? Yeah, you know, I'm, it's the same thing with music, man. Like exact same thing. Like if you, if you are good on Logic, let's say you know how to, you know, put a certain reverb on a vocal, and then you know how to mix that certain person's vocal so well but just their voice right you know and then when somebody else gets on it is going to take a little bit of tweaking and a little bit of you know getting used to them but everybody has their own unique voice so it's the same deal with me bro i would i I would learn my voice and learn how to mix my own voice and just muscle memory every single time you record a song you just put the same presets on there you just tweak it a tiny bit and every song sounds good then it's not broken don't fix it you know what i'm saying so i just keep doing the same exact thing but that's an amateur way of looking at it too from my point of view um because even though it was sounding good these these mixers who are winning grammys and you know just all types of stuff like that they go outside of the box they they go outside of their safe spot and they try new things and they invent new ways to do stuff and those are the dudes who i kind of commend because it's like, it's really hard to do that kind of stuff. It's not yeah. easy at all, you know? And if you can learn how to, 
If you can learn your craft that well to invent a new way of doing things, somebody had to invent auto tune. It was, it's not, right, right. you know, it's not like it just was always there. Somebody figured out a way to turn that pitch correction into an instrument, exactly. you know, and that person who did that, hats off to them because every your favorite rapper is using auto tune. Yeah. You feel me? Your favorite singer is using auto tune and not for the purpose that it was meant for. Like they're doing it as a new way of music, you know? Yeah, exactly. That kind of went from more just being pitch correction, mm -hmm. like you said, just being a brand new instrument. Yeah, exactly. And then even within that, it's like, uh, like I mean, you had you have your T Pains and your Futures, and then you right. also have like Kanye, right? And Drake, and I mean, there's differences in how they use it, right? Each way is kind of tailored differently, exactly. Kind of cut, custom made for each mm -hmm. person, you know. And it's like a only almost sounds completely different, yeah, for each it person. Does. And know? it's like for each person to have their own sound of auto tune is just amazing to me. It's like, yeah. like how it's 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 auto tune. Like it's one program. It's called Evo. Yeah. And um, or EFX um, for people listening who don't really kind of know the programs to go to. My favorites are EFX and Evo, which are um, what is that company called? I forgot. Damn, I gotta find out. But basically, um, that's what everybody uses, bro. Like anybody who uses Pro Tools goes to this particular Auto Tune to do anything and then you from there you can tweak like how much vibrato you have versus you can tweak how high uh, or you can you know take out different different notes and yeah. it's just all sorts of stuff you can do with it so if you become a pro with that you are man like, <laughs> you pretty much got got the job anywhere so yeah 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 i mean i mean it's it's, it's interesting because my my hunch is that Pretty much everyone is using some kind of a pitch correction. Yeah. It's just subtle enough to where you can't tell yeah. they're using it, which is the point. Right, of course. I mean, I'm right? guilty of it too, you know? Yeah. I mean, everybody's everybody's used auto-tune before, even Beyonce, you know of what course. I'm saying? Like, of course. But I feel like I use it more as a crutch for when I'm recording. Like, if I'm just making a new song, I'll put the auto-tune on just so I don't have to, you know, sing my ass off every single time. Mm -hmm. Um, and then as, a, as I start getting better and better at performing the song um, in the studio, then I can kind of tone down the auto-tune to almost off, you right. know, and it, it sounds more natural and, right. you know. So it's a good practicing method, too, just to kind of get the song right first. Yeah, yeah. So. How many, when, you, when you're making a song, like how many iterations of the song do you go through from like start to finish, like from your, when you're starting off to like when, when, when the song put a bow on it and it's done um it it kind of depends because i've done songs in 30 minutes before that yeah. i just left them the way it is because it just came out so crazy yeah and then i've done songs that it's taken us days weeks to finish you know so it all depends um <clears throat> i think when you finally get in that vibe it's it's kind of supernatural but you you kind of like just feel an energy yeah. in the booth and when that energy is at a certain peak, you don't have to record that song multiple times. You you get in there, you record that song one time, that dude puts a tiny bit of mixing on it, and you print that shit. And Ooh. it's a it's a hit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um it kinda it kinda depends, man. Definitely. Um my advice is if it don't sound right to you, 
personally, you can't <laughs> lie to yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody else can tell you it sounds crazy. It sounds dope. Oh, yeah. stop it there. But if it does not sound good to you, it don't matter what anybody else thinks. Exactly. Re redo it, you know? So. Those are smart words. Man, you know, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> Dropping game. I'm just trying to drop wisdom on the kids, man. That's you know, all. You know what's crazy? I was, so I was listening. I'm really into, into stand-up comedy and yeah. kind of how they, how they make jokes and. I mean, really, how they go from. I mean, it kind of reminds me of a song where, or an album where it's like each joke is a track, mm -hmm. and you put everything together, and it's an album, yeah. <laughs> right? And so I was listening to to an Aziz Ansari podcast on, yeah. on the Nerdist, okay, and he was kind of describing how like he starts off with an idea, and he kind of writes it down in a way that he thinks is funny, and then basically they go to like these small comedy clubs and just drop in. And they basically will do like three or four little mini shows yeah. in a night at each spot. And they'll go to like, he said he'll go to like four or five different places in one night. Wow. And he'll do the same joke over and over again in different ways. And see, and what, see what kind yeah. of reaction he's getting. That's dope. Right? And then, but it doesn't stop there, right? So basically those spots are like 15 minute spots they do. And they do it for like four or five hours mm -hmm. a night. And then basically he kind of goes through like weeks and months of that, of different jokes. Then he'll kind of put all the finished versions together. And then he'll start doing like a hundred people shows, right? Like real last minute, just say, oh, we're doing, Aziz doing a show tomorrow. Whoever wants to come out, come out, right? Yeah. And then kind of practice the whole show and do that for a few weeks. Then go up to like a thousand people theaters. Wow. And basically hit like, basically we're saying like small markets, kind of keep doing those and keep practicing, keep changing it up. Uh, and then basically at the end of that run, he's like, all right, this is the final version. Then he goes on a big tour, right? The stadium tours, the yeah. Oracle arenas, the Staples right. centers, things like that. And at the end, he'll film a special, uh, which goes on Netflix or Comedy Central or what have you. And that's like the finished version. And that's version. the finished version. He's like the whole process takes like 12 to 18 months. Wow. That's crap. That's right? like a whole new insight on stand on stand up comedy. I I didn't even realize it was that complex. Right. That's crazy. And it's like, and he was saying, he's like, he's like, and it's like, and he has jokes about, oh, yeah, it's really hard to like pick up girls at a club now because they got like ten guys texting and things like that. And he's like, he's like, he's like, you know, I'll be writing, and I'll have writer's block, and the way for me to get over that is to go stop writing and to go live. <laughs> he, was like, he was like, he's like, he's like. Guess how I came up with that joke about it being really hard to pick up girls? Because I was at a club. And he was trying to pick, up, to pick some up girls. girls <laughs> and it wasn't working. It's like, that's how that's how you get inspiration for these yeah. things. It was just kind of like, it was like, oh, all right, this that's, makes sense. That's dope, man. That's genius. You know? Like, that kind of gives me some some new ideas, too. Like, Because, I mean, it's the same with, with performing music. Like, I could perform a song at one place. But I noticed that maybe I was closing my eyes too much. Right. Or I wasn't moving as much as I need to. So then when I perform it again at another place and I fix those issues, mm -hmm. then people, you know, give me better feedback. And then that helps me become a better performer. Yeah. So I think and then you the find same. new things. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, I fixed this. Now I notice I'm like looking down too much. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. One thing I was funny because I saw, I saw Drake perform really early on in his career. Yeah. And this dude would never look at the crowd. <laughs> he was always pretty much looking at his feet. Yeah, yeah. You know? And I, if you, I have that same problem, man. If you go back and you look at old YouTube videos of Drake performing, you'll see it. Yeah, He's yeah. He's looking down <laughs> yeah. the whole time. It's funny. 
it's weird, bro. Like I don't I don't know how to control it. Like when I'm on stage, something else happens to my like nerves and like my head and it just, it's tough, man. It's, it's weird, bro. It's a very weird. I love it. I love it yeah. to death. Like it's like a drug, bro. You get up there and you just perform and it's just another feeling. Yeah. Um, but I have a lot of work to do and I'm I'm I plan on just really practicing and and you know, anybody who comes out to a Tay Walker show, they're not only getting my rehearsed, you know, um, my rehearsed show, but they're getting some new stuff every time because yeah. I'm trying to perfect my craft every time I, I perform. Yeah, no, I mean, I feel it. It's like, and I mean, and it's never a perfect, it's always a work in progress. Yeah. You know, it's like, like I said, it's like you're you're doing, you see one thing, you're, you're messing up, you correct that, and then it's like more and more fine tuning. Right. But it's just steps along the way. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I saw Beyonce perform at the Grammys, or no, 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 not at the Grammys, at uh, at the Stevie Wonder show, uh-huh. and they just did this uh, you know, tribute show to Stevie Wonder, and Beyonce just gets up there, and just performs so crazy, like she she be moving, like she dances better than her backup dancers, <laughs> she sings better than her backup singers, yeah. she just does everything so much better than everybody else. And to a perfection. And it's just like, dude, she's a beast. In heels, too. Yeah, in heels. <laughs> what? Like, yeah. like I mean, I, I can't relate to that. But That's at the wild, same man. time, it's like, I know it's hard. It has to be hard. <laughs> exactly. It has to be. Like, you can't have this little stick coming out your heel, like. Standing and, on your tiptoes. Yo, it's so amazing to me, bro. She's just she's she just, must have the most muscular toes ever. Yo, her toes are buff as shit. Like <laughs> she's got the swollest toes. Like <laughs> man. So it's crazy. Yeah, that's dope. You know what one artist who I feel like has such an amazing live show is B.O.B. I've never seen him live. He, I've seen him a few times over the course. Actually, B.O.B. is one of the first people I ever saw live back in like oh nine, oh eight. Okay. And I saw him recently, like six months ago, and it's like his his sets are completely different now, and like like not I mean no carryover really in terms of in terms of material, but it's just like the one thing that hasn't changed is he just looks so happy yeah. on stage, like yeah. he just looks like he belongs there. Yeah, yeah. And it was one of the most natural performers I've ever seen. It was just mind blowing. That's dope. Yeah, man. I mean, that's just years of experience too. Yeah. Like, you can you can tell the people who are just starting out and the people who have been in it for a long time and you know I like Bob as a rapper you know he he's just dope to me in general too so I I, I would think that his live shows would go up you know yeah I mean I've seen people who who's who's I mean like Nas is an example right mm-hmm. Nas is I mean amazing amazing songs but you see him in concert it really depends on how high and drunk he is yeah that's true that's you so know? true I saw him at a Rock the Bells, uh, like two years ago or three years ago, I don't remember. But I saw him and I saw Lauren Hill at the same night at Rock the Bells. Yeah, yeah, I remember. And I'm just like, my mind is just blowing up because I'm like, this is Nas, this is Lauren Hill, this is Erica Badu, this is Black Star. Like this, yeah. is, these are just my idols, my heart and soul. Yeah, 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 these are my idols. So Black Star did absolutely incredible, of course, all the time. Common is a beast. Uh, Ty Lib, Most Dev, all of those cats are just dumb, yeah, yeah, good, you know, performers. Um, Erica Badu, best performance I've ever seen from anybody live. Oh, really? 
Erica Badu. I've never seen Badu live. She's low key wifey, man. And she's still like she's still get in line, man. Man, I know, I know. I'll wait, I'll wait. You know what I'm saying? But she's yeah, Erica Badu so dope. Um, and I have for to... what you wish for. You never have any music come out after that. I know, right? <laughs> Yo, but like when I saw Lauren Hill perform live, now you got to realize Lauren Hill is my. One of my like biggest reasons why I do music too, you yeah. know. I, I I was watching her back in the day when she was on Sister Act, and I just remember perfecting his eyes on the sparrow, yeah. but the Lauren Hill version, you know, and that's how I would sing it. Um, and then when I see her live, I was a little disappointed. I say the same thing. You you can say the same thing, yeah. and it's just like but you don't. The thing is, I mean, it's like. I don't really fault her for it. It's just so much has changed. Yeah. Since then, like she, I mean, she's a completely different person. Like, yeah. People who are expecting that same energy from miseducation, right? You're gonna be disappointed ten times out of ten. Right. Right. You know? And that sucks. Yeah. Because it's not the best, but I mean, it is what it is. You know. Yeah. I just I noticed how she she looked really unhappy. She yeah. Looked, she looked frazzled. She looked like her mind was scattered. Yeah. When I was like. The way she was like darting around on stage and right. not really focused on anything. She kept screaming at the band. Like she would stop mid-song. Like, stop mid-song. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. She turned around and she pointed at the drummer like, what? What are oh, you doing? Geez. Like, come on. Stop. Reach. Do this over. Do this over. And I'm just sitting here. This is in front of 10,000 people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm sitting here like, yo, just do the song. Like, do yeah. all of that back background stuff and when you get done. But how are you going to stop the show in the middle of the show? And call this one guy out. And call this one dude out. He's just looking, like, super embarrassed. Like, oh, shit. All right, my bad, Lauren. My bad. Let's, let's try this again. <laughs> and she just be flipping on these cats. But it, yeah. it was really upsetting, man, because I was there with my best friend. We were both um, my homegirl, Demetria. And we both, like, just that Miseducation album just does so much for my life like Damn. people won't even be able to relate to it you know um and then seeing her live for the first time ever it was a real letdown man i just hope that she picks it back up she finds happiness again and i wish lauren hill the best of everything because yeah. she's an idol to me so i feel it yeah i feel it let's uh let's 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 talk about talk about what you got coming out man so um i just did this video for my album Waste of time, uh, and that's gonna be crazy. Uh, shot by Drew Kirsch, produced by Phonics. Um, we're in the works with Revolt right now, and we're just gonna kind of get that playing all over the place. Um, and then we got some shows coming up too. I got a show coming up on the twenty third at the Mint in Los Angeles. Oh, nice. Um, so that's gonna be dope. I'm just gonna be performing my album songs. Uh, live, you know, band and everything. Um, like I said, with, when the internet gets done with their album and I get done with my album, we're going to be doing a joint tour and I'm going to be opening up with them. Um, I got a, a, a art party slash release party for the album coming up on the 28th of this month. So, you know, it's just a lot of stuff, man. And, and we're doing it all just with the love no no budget behind us, no label behind us. Just, you know, I got a few celebrity friends that kind of help along the way. Leonardo you know? DiCaprio? 
Yeah, I mean, Leo, I haven't met yet. I hope they get at Ben the Grammy or no, Oscar one day. Or you feel me? They keep cheating my nigga out, but uh, yeah, man. I mean, we we going cool. we gonna we gonna figure it out though, man. We got a lot of stuff coming up, so good, man. Wishing you the best. Yeah, man. Album's called Twenty Five Hours a Day. Twenty Five Hours a Day. Look yes, for sir. it, sir. Look for um, it. And where where can the people find you? Uh, you can get me at Twitter at Tay Walker. Uh, also, Instagram, at Tay Walker. Uh, Facebook, Tay Walker. SoundCloud, Tay Walker. Sounds uh, like Tay Walker. Tay Walker all over the place, man. <laughs> That's a good way to do it. <laughs> yeah, so. Cool. Yes, sir. You guys can find me on Twitter at TSS underscore Raj. TSS underscore R-A-J. Cool. Appreciate you coming out, man. Thank you for having me, man. Appreciate we'll, uh, it. We'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. Peace. Dope, man. Thank you. Cool. That, that went good. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that was cool. Would you mind giving a drop real quick? Yeah, let's do just it. Whatever you want to say. Um, just right here. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, what is the is it is this the smoking session or what is the it's name? It's called talking of, points. It's called talking points. Yeah. Okay. Anytime. I should have told you that. Yeah. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> talking points. Uh, you tuning in live to the talking points with my man Raj and your boy Tay Walker. Come holla at me. Appreciate it.